However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium supernatural weather repellent materials. The high top uppers are moisture wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology, and the supernatural rubber treads ensure all weather traction, so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A L L B I R D S.com. Looking for adventure in 2023? How does island hopping in Thailand sound? What about marveling at waterfalls in Iceland? Or tapas with your new BFFs in Seville? What about discovering the world with an awesome group of 18 to 35? Explore all of this and more with Kintiki. You'll sleep in the coolest accommodation and learn from local guides and experts. Visit Kintiki.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-K-I.com to book your next adventure. Kintiki. Travel together. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Like you're just sitting around, hey, let's wait till February 12th and go try to sign somebody cheap. Orioles spring training starts tomorrow, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions. And at the top of my list of unanswered questions is I want to hear Jonathan Scope explain why he wasn't at FanFest. I got one look at the notes for tonight's show, Section 336, and I saw the words Rule 5 Draft. Should I just turn it off now? I don't know why both of you guys start with a Oriole thing. The Orioles have done nothing this offseason. But there's been lots of people doing work since Thursday because the Olympics started. So what events have you watched? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Bert Rudy. And I'm Matt Soroka. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Buckle up, birds, be ready to ride. Your host, Matt Shasabird, are ready to fly. Baltimore's best, Section 336, the number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck, our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. All right, Josh, you tease it. Let's start there. The Olympics. I well, actually, I've been a bit hooked. I've been a bit, a bit hooked. Does the Winter Olympics have the same theme song as the Summer Olympics? This is from the Winter Olympics. I think that... I think these are just Olympic songs. They were on the soundtrack of the 2014 Winter Olympics. 
and I went on the iTunes. Well, let's just say I watched the luge, I watched team figure skating, I watched the speed skating, I watched the slalom, I watched the uh, the the high the what do you call it? the jumping the distance jumping the high jump ski jump ski jump ski jump the ski jump that's the one I watched I watched the 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 ski jump. I mean, I've been watching nonstop this entire weekend. I'm a little bit hooked. My wife got me into it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched a lick of it. I did see okay. curling at my parents' house. Yeah. Last night, just to, but I wasn't paying attention. It was just strictly background. And it seems every time I flip over to what is it NBC? Every time I flip over, it's the guy who's doing like the like the the guy announcing like just talking on the sideline. The sideline reporter. Yeah, but the, he's up in the booth. He's all <laughs> dressed up. He looks like he's like from like doing like a red carpet premiere type thing. But he's talking about the Olympics. It's it's him every time I turn it on. Not much yeah. action. No, I haven't seen I haven't seen a sport. Oh, and I saw the biathlon y- y- yesterday too. That was uh, the shooting, right? And the skiing. Yeah, I did see a little and, of that too. Shooting. Yeah. I'm basically being called out as a liar because I've seen some of the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, you're ahead of me. Yeah, have you guys seen these Russian <clears throat> women figure skaters? No. What about them? They're amazing. They're amazing. The like things their they can skills? do. What else were we talking about? We're talking about figure skating here. I that, thought you might be inferring something about their appearance. The main girl's 15, Bert. Shut up. Oh, is this the girl? I don't know. I, I haven't watched it. I saw some headline that some girl's like uh, outfit fell apart figure skating or something. Is that what you're trying I to did, talk about? No, 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 no. I didn't see any outfit fall apart. <laughs> it was no, something like that. I saw her going on Twitter. These Russian girls are amazing on the ice. That's what I said. They're amazing on the ice. I also, it was like, oh, wait. like the, the high scores were like, everyone's getting like 130, 130. And then this little Russian girl goes on there. She looks like she's 10. And she gets 155 or something. She just blows it out of the water. They're so amazing 155 on is good? Apparently. I don't know. I, I also <laughs> saw some, some uh, I thought it was the, I thought the Russian, like, isn't it the Russian couples that like got banned because their, their figure skating was too sexy? Oh, did that happen? Something like that. Well, well, this is interesting too, right? Like the whole I, Russian team. I just team, see headlines. It took me a little bit to, to catch on. It was a, a because the Russian team they don't have their flag. It's the Olympic, the Olympic symbol is the Russian flag, uh, and it's like the rush the athletes of Russia because there's no Russian team this year. So it's mm. just athletes of Russia. Why, wait, why is there no Russian team? Because uh, they, they apparently Russians were cheating. I know this is shocking. <laughs> But last yeah, but Olympics, the, but the athletes can still compete. Yeah, so now they're just called like the athletes of Russia, and they represent the uh, Olympians. They just have like the Olympian symbol, so the, and that's what they play under. And somehow we believe that the athletes of Russia didn't cheat, but I, the Russians but, cheated. Besides being Russian, I don't think they're in any way connected to Russia. <laughs> so, okay, uh, gotcha. They, I mean, I think the punishment is that they don't get to wave their flag. Gotcha. Did you say you watched some curling, Bert? I did. I did see a little bit of curling. All right. I did too. I did too. All right. Is curling entertaining on TV? Uh, only in the sense that it's unusual. You don't see it. You only see it every four years whenever the Olympics. Whenever the Olympics are on, yeah. Star every four years, right? Right. It was entertaining, though. Yeah, I, I mean, it's on every four years. The ironic part is to play a curling match takes about four years to play, and that's why you only play every once every four Does years. It? I mean, these matches are long. Are they? I mean, because I turned it on. I turned it was it was mixed couples last night. Mixed couples. The Canadians 
versus someone else. The Canadians won. I think the Swedes maybe. And I watched it for about 30 straight minutes. And like they're just getting started. And it went on and I kept on flipping back. And it was still on every time I flipped back. I mean, a couple hour event here. All right. I mean, I feel like I would have a hard time watching an entire match and then wait and see who won. But it's basically shuffleboard on ice, right? It okay. Is. Well, I like shuffleboard. Have you guys learned how to play by watching it? Have you picked up some rules? Yeah. The mm. cool thing about watching the mixed couple shuffleboard, the Canadians, <laughs> on ice. Despite, despite their thick accents, they, they, I don't know if they were mic'd up or if there's just no one in the stands. But you could hear every word they're saying. So when they talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. strategy, you could hear every word they were saying. But they're not talking in, English. In strategy. Canadians. Canadians speak uh, English. Oh, okay. They weren't Montreal. I was thinking no. French. No, even, they were, even Montreal's bilingual. Yeah, but if, if I'm going over there, I'm speaking French, so no one can understand what I'm saying, except for the French team. <laughs> Matt's I mean, right, I though. Think, you can hear yeah. them talking to each other. It's like when Buck goes the mound, if you'd be able to hear what they're saying to All each right, other. Well, that's cool. I'm going to uh, start checking that out because you guys know we have a big competition in two weeks coming up with Glenn Clark Radio. Can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we can talk about it because the sponsor of tonight's show is, is helping us out with it. And let's just get – go with that which is the chesapeake curling club out in easton out matt's way hey in so, your backyard matt yeah. yeah i've been there yeah so our listeners should go on to find them on facebook chesapeake curling club and go to chesapeakecurling.org and check out their site and they've got some curling classes over the next three weeks we're doing a curling class and then we're going to compete with glenn clark in a couple weeks so you should go on over check out the curling classes and sign up on the mailing list about like future events and so you can find out future tournaments and curling competitions they have uh but yeah chesapeake curling club is going to be helping us out and teaching us how to play so that we can beat those guys over at press box and glenn clark and the intern is back for us the intern is for our real? number four yeah oh my gosh i haven't since seen him since the, la- the last winter olympics guys i texted him today <laughs> Saying how how are you doing? And his immediate response is, "I told you guys I can't help with the show." And I said, "I know that. I'm just checking in. Thought maybe you'd want to uh, join us for some curling." He said, "Okay, oh, that, then he's back in." Okay, I'm 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 all in. I'll be there. Did somebody say curling? Right. Very... That's, that's pretty neat. This has got to be like peak season for the Chesapeake Curling Club. Oh yeah, they get. They, I'm pretty sure they get attention every four years. Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, everyone – curling is the thing that you see on TV and you say, well, I can do that. Because one of us will die if we do a ski jump competition against Glenn Clark Radio. But but I do feel like even though we're going to be doing this curly thing and we're going to videotape it and it's going to be pretty fun and awesome, I still – I'm a little scared that I might die curling. <laughs> With the ice? Yeah. You going to fall? I might. I'm a little nervous about it. You're not wearing skates. You're wearing shoes, right? Yeah. I'm supposed to wear my running shoes. So, have you have you ever ran out onto like a ice skating rink in just your shoes? Uh, no, but I'd imagine I'm gonna wipe out, right? That's that was my thought too. So I looked. At, I, I asked about it. I did ask that question, and it's not like an ice skating rink. There's no. little, there's little bumps. So they apparently they smooth out the surface with the zamboni. I'm probably screwing this up, but then they spray like water bubbles over top of it all that freeze into little like grooves that you can get your grip on. Okay, so it's not like a like a sleek 
flat sheet of ice. It's it's like it's like the rivets they put in a bathtub for senior citizens. Exactly, but they're also <laughs> making that of ice, which seems a little strange. But that's the way. I, that is my understanding exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Emily and I were watching the Olympics. You know, all these all these sports are so niche, right? They're niche sports like curling and luge. Like, who does this, right? In the free time. Yeah, I, I, I and I'm thinking about you know I have an eight month old son trying to get him into something. Maybe I should choose one of these niche sports where there's less competition. Everyone plays baseball. There's so much right. competition. My kid has zero chance of being a professional baseball player because there's so much competition. Right. And I'm unathletic. So combine those factors, he's never going to be a professional baseball player. If I get him into one of these niche events like the luge, right? How many luges are losers are there out there doing their thing? But look, fifty people. The competition's less. Right. He has right. a better chance of being an Olympian. Then yeah, and that's exactly, and that's why I always think it's weird when they say the winter, the Olympics bring in the world's best athletes because I'm pretty sure that the world's best athletes are in the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB. Like I'm pretty and sure a, a, NHL too, and the NHL, a, a, NHL yeah. isn't participating right. with the, and, and I don't know. And, I would, and I would soccer argue, pro soccer players don't go to the Olympics. Matt, to your point, I would argue that. A sport like luge is even more competitive because there's only so many spots for the Olympic luge team. And out of there might be fewer people who do the luge than play baseball or football, but then the competition is even tighter because how many luge, how many losers is loser the word? Losers, what I've been using. Losers, probably. How many lugers, how many loogies are there on (laughs) Team America? Like six, eight, you know? Um, and and that is definitely a sport where you can die. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's it's a little different than when when you would do the ramps with your sled in a big snowstorm. You yeah, know, yeah, try, that was try the best. To, right, you'd make your own. It, they go a little faster. Or even if, when you were a kid, you find a really big hill. There was a big hill by this school, and you build a ramp in the middle of the hill, and you catch some air, and then you almost die doing that because then you hit the ground right. and you get the wind knocked out of you. And, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's, would the luge, up. Up. Would the luge yeah. be like taking a skateboard down a water slide? Like one of those twirly water slides? Would that be the equivalent of a luge? Maybe. But yeah, I think you could die how do you doing tra- that. How do you, you train how do you train for that? <laughs> you go to the luge park. You know, exactly. the, your local your local luge park. Hey, Jake brings up a good point about uh, who's gonna be the rock throw and who's gonna be the sweeper and curling. I'll tell you guys right now. I was watching the, the, the mixed whatever, and some of them would would uh, sweep their own rock. I'm not letting any of you guys anywhere near my rock. <laughs> I'm going to throw my own rock, and I'm going to sweep my own rock. You're not going to ruin my rock throw by coming up there with your broom and messing everything up. So I'll tell you right now, I'm going to sweep and broom myself. I, I mean, think it's only fair that and sweep we myself. each get a turn trying each one. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, no, the I feel way like it I'm going to be a good sweeper. I'm constantly cleaning up after my family. I, the way, okay. yeah. I've never slept before. I have no idea how it works. <laughs> All right, guys. There's four team members. There's the, I have a Zumba. Can we get a Zumba to do it for us? That yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> Here's the four slots. The lead. The lead throws the first two rocks, uh, and then he sweeps for the next six rocks. The lead must be very good at throwing guards and a strong sweeper. The second is called the second. He throws the third and the fourth stones and should be strong at playing takeouts. Okay, we're using rock, we're using stone. Are these terms inter- interchangeable, I guess? What's a takeout? A takeout, I'm assuming it's like in, in uh, shuffleboard, how you want to knock the guy out of the point, out of the, uh, out of the target. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
The, okay, sec- we- the second sweeps the first two stones, and then the final four at the end. The second and the lead need to be in sync when sweeping together. The third slot is called the mate. He throws the fifth and I don't sixth be the mate. rock, <laughs> and he must be good at all shots, but especially draws. I don't know what a draw is. It is the third's job to set up the shots that will be thrown by the skip and to help the skips discuss strategy of the final two stones at the end. This is a right. friendly reminder, boys and girls, <laughs> that we are a, a day away from spring training starting, right. and we just spent the first 25 minutes talking about curling. Way to go, us. It, it's uh, I don't even know why they have all these different job titles. We're going to just push, push the stone and sweep. And get more points than Glenn Clark. The guy, the guys on the TV who are pushing the stone, though, they they walk up and they slide it, but then they crouch down real low and keep sliding with their stone until they let it go. Like that's the part I'm worried about. I'm, I might pull something. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was told not to wear jeans because you have to be flexible. Okay. And many. Yeah, and, and I can wear yoga tight. pants. I can wear yoga pants. Still not gonna be flexible. It doesn't matter. I can go. <laughs> I can go nude. It's not gonna make me flexible. So okay. Yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll cause other issues. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, right. Spring so. training starts tomorrow, boys. Yeah, do you like? Woo-hoo! The, you hear that Hitch, quote? Quote we started the show with. Report. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, timely quote from Buck Showalter from uh, the beginning of January. It's not like yeah. you're just sitting around. Hey, let's wait till February 12th and go try to sign somebody cheap. I mean, and that's, here that's we are, what they February twelfth. They still haven't. Yeah, February twelfth. Still no pitchers. So it's not only that they haven't signed anybody cheap; they just haven't signed anybody. And that's right. not true. They they signed Craig Gentry to a minor league deal. Bud Norris got signed by the Cardinals. Yeah, good. That's a good opportunity for him. Cardinals, friend are, of the show. Cardinals could have a good team this year. Yeah, make a three million bucks. I'll take that. Sign me up for that gig. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Closing for the Cardinals. Uh, but the, big storyline you guys are paying attention to spring right. training. For me, the number one story is how Jonathan Scope is going to respond to the question, why didn't he come to FanFest? That, for me, <laughs> number one story. I can't wait to see. I know just pictures and catch report. Any word on when Jonathan Scope will arrive in Sarasota? Because the second he arrives, I want someone to ask him where he was. And then the next day, I want them to ask the same question. And I want every day of spring training for them to ask, John the Scope, where were you during FanFest? And if they get tired of doing that, they can move over to the next locker and ask that same question to Mr. Manny Machado. And even better, they should have one of those kid reporters asking the question. With, <laughs> with tears in with his tears. eyes. Yes. With his canceled autograph voucher in his hand. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about the children. Absolutely. You guys know you're not going to get a straight answer on these guys. Neither one of you never get gonna... a straight answer from anybody on anything ever. Right, <laughs> right. But I mean, they're not even going to bother to answer that question. What are they going to say? Oh, I, I had a cold, or I, yeah. I, I, don't, I had to have family obligation. My, well, I just, I want them to. I don't even care about the answer, Josh. It's about you... facing the music. All, All right? right, answering the question, even if it is two months too late. The, the thing I like about spring training is I like a lot of things about it, but I like the competitions, open competitions. So we sure. have a couple this year. We have an open competition for left field. Okay. We have an open competition for the catcher, either starter or backup. It's all unclear. Okay. We have an open competition, I think, maybe for the closer. You can say it's Brad Brock. Or, you could or Givens. Open. Yeah, you could argue. For the first Givens. half of the season, yeah. For the, yeah, for the first half of the season. And... 
this is great. This is even more exciting than previous years because we have an open competition for starting pitching spots number three, number four, and number five. Not just one (laughs) certain pitching pitching spot, but we have three open competitions. Do you think that you mentioned left field is not automatically going to Trey Mancini? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Left field is going to Trey Mancini. It's right right, right field. It's the Austin. Can Austin Hayes stick around? Sure. Okay. Is it going to be Austin Hayes? Is it going to be Craig Gentry? Uh, are they going to bring in – they keep on talking about a new left-handed uh, outfielder. Are they going to bring in someone else to hit left-handed and play left field? I mean right field. So, yeah, it's a little bit open, I think. And, of course, catcher we know, Andrew Susick. Or is Chancisco ready is the question. So we'll see with that. Caleb Joseph is going to be on the team. It's just who's going to be platooning with him. Yeah, the heir apparent. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into these starting pitching stuff. All right. I want to, uh, I like to do rankings because then we can start here at the beginning of spring training, rank our starters on like who we think is in the lead, who we think is the best chance. And then as the games happen, we can adjust our rankings. Okay. All right. So number one, Kevin Gossman, number two, Dylan Bundy. Let's go on to number three. Shoot. You took my first two. All right. (laughs) Here are just a reminder. I, was say, I don't know. Pitch- I don't know anybody's names beyond those two. Yeah, the starting pitchers we right now have on the roster. So I'm just looking at the 40 man roster, assuming the starters will come from the 40 man roster as it's constructed right now. Possible starters: Alec Asher, uh, Miguel Castro, Rule Five guy Nestor Cortez, uh, Hunter Harvey, Michael Kelly. Our one and only free agent signing. Oh, that's not true. Our one and only free agent pitcher signing. Chris Lee. Jose Mesa. Junior. Rule 5 guy. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Ramirez. All these options, guys. Mike right. Wright. And Gabriel Inoa. I think I covered all the starters currently on the roster right now. What, okay. about, what about Richard Plyer? Uh, uh, is he, just, is a straight ball, is he just a straight bullpen guy? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any talk about him being the starter, is there? I don't know. Maybe not. I just saw that he got to camp a little early. Well, the the depth charts and the projections right now say it's by default got to be Mike Wright, Gabriel Yanoa, and Alec Asher, right? Okay, okay. Three, four, and five? Mike or maybe Wright, not in three. that order, but. Well, I think that's a fair order, though. Mike Wright, number three. Alec Asher, number four. I should. We should have. Before we start the segment, um, parental advisory. We're going to be throwing out some really ugly names here. If you're at all offended by bad baseball players, you might want to skip over the next 10 minutes of conversation because we're going to be talking about some really offensive uh, pitchers right here. Um, It's pretty well known that the Section 336 is a no-strawberry zone. Yeah. So Mike Wright, Alec Asher, Gabriel Noah. That's, that's, I think, right now, going into it, they're the favorites to win the three spots. But there are, uh, there are some, some guys who could definitely take, take it from them. One guy is Miguel Castro. Right. Right? I saw him listed in a rotation today. Yeah. That was projected I, him and moving up. Most people have as the favorite two of the Rule 5 guys to make the team is Nestor Cortez. I'm going to put him as an outside chance to get that five spot. Okay. Rule five guy. I mean, he's probably rule a bullpen. Rule five guy. Bullpen guy. Going rule five into the rotations. A big jump. 
Yeesh. Yeah. Um, by the way, two Rule 5 guys from the Yankees. I always like that when you take Yankees. Though it says something that Nestor Cortez, uh, Jose Mesa Jr., and the other guy, Pedro Rojo, but none they, of those guys were top even 30. Right. You they, know how you do the team top 30 prospects? Yeah. None of them were top 30 on the team. But they're all young, 23, 24, and they all had – like you look at their stats, they all had amazing numbers. And if you, if you see a triple-A player or a double-A player with amazing stats – but not a top prospect. You know what that means. Yeah. He's, what, what are you going to go with? He, besides, he's not that good. He has. It means he has no stuff. Like, no stuff to get anyone excited. Okay. Uh, like, if Nestor Cortez had a fastball that hit 90, he might be a top 30 prospect. Right. What's he, but an the 88? Guy, yeah, on his best day, maybe taking steroids, possibly, and taking 5-hour energy, he hit 89 one time. That's his top. So and and Jose Mesa Jr. Uh, he's no flamethrower either. So they all but they had great stats in the minors. But it's hard to imagine how it's sustainable. But I tell you what, they all do well. Like Nestor Cortez is like the um, opposite of Tanner Scott. He doesn't throw hard, but the man's accurate. Uh, low walk rate, high strikeout rate with all these real five guys. And so I think this is what maybe Dan Duquette was thinking: high strikeout rate, throws a ton of strikes. Doesn't uh, walk people. Let's give him a shot. Okay. So, I mean, I would not be surprised if the Orioles kept two of the Rule Five guys. One is a long, long man, right? One is a bullpen arm, right? And another is a starter. If we don't bring anybody else in, I guess, I guess, uh, but there's, I don't know. I find it really hard to believe that we're going to start this season with a Rule Five cast off that wasn't enough room on another team's roster that that's going to be in our starting rotation. That doesn't make yeah. it sense no matter how you look at it. But then again, does it really matter if he's the fifth guy? Him being the well, third guy in the rotation right now is scary. At the, if you're giving him the fifth guy, then I'm, I'm I mean, okay with that. If you're saying you're going to bring in – everyone's assuming Tillman's back, right? No. You, you just, I heard he, <laughs> I, no. I heard he's going to the Twins. I, I think he'll be back. I, it's yeah. If the Orioles do not get Tillman on a good deal, then they I don't know what they did all offseason with letting him work out in their building with their guys all, all offseason. I heard Jake Arrieta's going to the Twins. I don't know. Jake they're, rebuilding the, they're rebuilding the cavalry out in Minnesota. Meanwhile, we're rebuilding the cavalry with full Rule 5 picks. <laughs> I, you know, finally a pitcher went off the board, Hugh Darvish, and he did go for less than most people projected. Yeah, uh, right, Hugh Darvish did. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying if it was a good deal or a bad deal. You can argue either way, but he went for less, I think, than most people thought. And so you would think, and I think this week, and I've never predicted this before, but I think this week stuff will actually start to happen. Now with Hugh Darvish just off the board, pitchers and catchers reporting, pitchers don't want to get behind Teams don't want to get. Teams want to know who their you know starting five is, right? Uh, or are so. So I think this week stuff will happen. I think the Orioles will sign someone this week. You would hope. It seems like there's a lot. It seems like teams do not want to give out a long term pitching deal. It seems like everyone's kind of pushing back against that. Even yeah, uh, be, Darvish only got six. They're yeah. really pushing back when pitchers are wanting these long term deals because, of course, that gives you so much job security, but. I think we're seeing a lot of pushback with that. I keep seeing articles about the Phillies and how 
the Phillies seem to be going after the exact same players as the Orioles because they both want short-term pitchers. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's front offices have gotten smarter. I mean, how many times do we sit here and talk about the Chris Davis deal being dumb, right? Because it was. Or the <laughs> the big example is like the Albert Pujols. Or like the Yankees had a bunch of these a few years ago right. where their, their contracts just now are starting to expire. So everyone kind of thought, I think, for the past couple of years, this is probably a dumb thing. And now we see in management more and more nerds, sabermetricians, and nerds running front offices. And the nerds realize, like, just do the math. And it's not smart math to sign a guy who's already 31 or 32 because all these free agents are becoming free agents when they're 29 and 30, 31. To sign that guy to a thir- seven-year deal so he's 38 at the end of the contract? Like, it doesn't take a sabermetrician nerd to know the math doesn't make sense on that. Right, and I think it's also that time has passed. Like, when all those big deals got signed for those seven, eight-year deals, it's now been seven, eight years. We've been able to see how those deals play out, and they didn't. none of them have played out well for the teams. So I think it's now next next generation of those deals. Yeah, sure. And if it was maybe 15 years ago, I would might be more inclined to go for it because my guy would probably be on steroids anyway, so he could probably play until he's 40. But now without steroids, they can't play to the 40 anymore. Right. It's it's different generation of baseball, and long-term <laughs> deals are not there anymore. Yeah. So, but Josh, you said you don't want Nestor Cortez being your third. I, I agree I don't, but right now I could envision him being a better starting pitcher than Mike Wright. So maybe I would choose Nestor, because right now your third is Mike Wright. That's who your third starter is right now. Or, yeah, or Yanoa. Sure. Yeah, and uh, no, definitely he's better. I can't. It's not acceptable for anyone who's currently on the roster to be your third pitcher. And that's just the state of the Orioles right now. It's not acceptable for them to go into the season like this. Yeah, unless I don't yeah. Go I was gonna say I don't I don't think it's acceptable that there's a guy named Nestor on the Orioles. <laughs> just saying. That's fair. That's fair. I mean yeah, Peter Angelos is yelling that every day. Yeah. In, in confusion, but let's get rid of this guy. Right. <laughs> I thought this guy was banned. What is going on? <laughs> right. Well, uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think the pressure's on for these pitchers because this is. I think they'll sign a couple guys, but still, there's going to be an open spot or two for, and these are guys kind of without options too. So you got to find a spot for them, or they're going to go bye bye. Um, both Rule 5 guys and guys like Gabriel and Noah were out of options. So right. it, this is the biggest spring training in the lives of Alec Asher, Mike Wright, Gabriel and Noah. Those three guys, this is kind of the biggest spring training of their life. And Oriole fans are going to be obsessing over this. Uh, Orioles management is going to be obsessing over this, looking to see who outperforms who. Because one of these bums is going to be in our starting five come, come April. Right. Are you ready? A lot of people are just handing the division to the Yankees. Are you? Yeah. You. Are you handing the division to the Yankees because yeah. you're scared of the Yankees, or because no one else has done anything? Like, is it is it fear that the Yankees are that good, or is it compared to what we currently have on our roster? We no, have no chance to compete with the Yankees. They don't. Have, I don't care their, if their we pitching's sign, not very good. I don't. They got Sonny Gray last year. I don't. I don't care if we sign Lance Lynn. And we sign uh, Andrew Kashner and Jason Vargas. I, the Yankees still win. Uh, Boston still wins the wild card. If we can get the third play, everything goes right. We're shooting for third. Yeah. <laughs> for, that, for that second wild card? Yeah, let's go second wild card. Buck yeah. has a chance to redeem himself in the wild card game. 
Hey, I'm glad, and I I don't think Buck Showalter is afraid of the Yankees, and I don't think I don't think Kevin Gossman's afraid of the Yankees, but I sure am. Uh, I'm horrified. I feel like they're gonna hit a thousand home runs every game they play they they play us. I mean, Judge and Stanton and Didi and all those guys. Gary Sanchez, is, they're just stacked. They're sure. just stacked from top to bottom, and 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 I think their pitching's okay. And even if, I mean, they brought back Sabathia, they got Sonny Gray last year, I think the pitching will be fine. But even if their pitching is bad, they're still going to score, outscore us 30-10. to 10. So, I mean, I have, I have nightmares right now. It's not even opening day yet. I'm having nightmares about watching dongs. I already know. Yeah. I already know. I'm rooting for, like, foggy nights so I don't get to see how far the dongs <laughs> go because I already know the dongs going to be flying out. I just hope it's so foggy I can't see where they land. They're going to have to pay Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo overtime just to compete with uh, the Yankees lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's our – we got the Bash brothers, Mark Trumbo and Chris Davis. They got the Bash brothers, Stanton hey, and Judge. Don't Who forget Machado. <laughs> We're, but we have the no-fun Bash brothers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you see on, a, a, on a, a National Pizza Day what Mark Trumbo said, what his favorite pizza is? Anything that's not pie-shaped? Is this a pie joke? Pizza no, pie? this – this is legitimate. The Orioles' uh, Twitter account came out with a video with a bunch of players saying what their favorite combinations on their pizza is. All and right. so it's like five players, and it ends with Mark Trumbo. And do you know what Mark Trumbo said his favorite pizza combination is? I don't Mark like Trum- pizza. No, well, no, you would think. He just says cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, what he said. It's a, True it, story. Mark Trumbo prefers cheese pizza. It's the perfect answer for Mark Trumbo. Yeah, isn't that great? All right. It's uh, <laughs> it's a great just, answer. It's just yeah. it's got to be the most boring person I guess, on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're if you're gonna be the most boring person on the planet, embrace it, right? Right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought that was. I don't know. See, and that's one of those things that made me laugh out loud. But I don't think he was trying to be funny when he said no. cheese. <laughs> but right. whoever edited that video purposely put him at the end. Definitely. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah, that, it made that, me laugh. Right. The the Orioles warehouse is definitely in on the joke of Trumbo's lame. Yeah. <laughs> Another storyline. So I think we really – so we're going to watch and we're going to update the rankings. So right now, Mike Wright, Alec Astro, Gabriel Noah, and Justin on the outside is it's Miguel Castro, Castro. And I would say a little bit further than that is Nestor Cortez. And a little behind that is Jose Mesa Jr. Yeah, so and, right, and right behind that's the three of us. And behind that <laughs> is the three of us. Yeah. Um, do you know who Stan Charles likes? And Josh, you know what? A couple things. You're yeah. going to like Nestor Cortez. You're going to like Nestor Cortez. Why? Because he has control but not speed, not speed, doesn't throw hard? Yeah. If you were a certain pitcher, you would be Nestor Cortez. He's just sneaky with it. Like sometimes he goes over the head. Sometimes he goes sidearm. Sometimes he goes like goofy stuff. Like he's just goofy. Hold on, hold on. I, hold on. You're telling me this guy mixes up his rotation mid-game? Yeah. 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 Mid-batter. Yeah. I'm I'm all in. That's Nestor number three. Yeah, he doesn't he I doesn't mean, go if, all ambidextrous like that guy in Oakland. Yeah, but if but you he, if he you're telling me that mid batter he can he can do a different range in slot between over the head and sidearm. That's a big range. And unlike Ubaldo Jimenez, this guy does it on purpose. <laughs> right, right, and control the ball with it. Yeah, control yeah, it with, control. with different launch angles. I'm all in on that. Yeah, because another guy who's out there. Um, he just celebrated his 61st birthday, but R.A. Dickey is another guy 
that your boy Stan Charles is a big fan of, and Stan Charles wants Orioles to go get R. A. Dickey. I wanted R. A. Uh, Dickey I know a few you're, years you're ago. You're a fan of a knuckleball. I do. I do think of, yes, because I like the creativity of something a little mix up. Not as yeah. a, I'm not crazy about a starting pitcher, knuckleballer, but I love the idea of bringing a knuckleballer in out of the bullpen. Just there's to, no bullpen uh, knucklers. Uh well, I like the idea of a knuckleballer in the bullpen. I right. think you come out. I think it's the same effect you get with Darren O'Day, where you get that different angle, that different, just different type of pitcher that's different than what else is going on that you can uh, mix up with people. Is Ari Dickey really trying to play another year? I thought he's too old. He's he's. You could convince him. He's not. He's not all in on retirement yet. He's like. Is, I think he's in the JJ Hardy position. Is he going to free agent camp? I don't think he's attending free agent camp. I think he's just sitting there waiting for someone to woo him. So, Josh, I know you love Dickey. Do you have any uh, desire to woo Dickey? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Based okay. on our current guys, I will take Dickey over over uh, Asher or Yanoa. Josh's dream rotation is going to be Dickey. How's it's Gamboa doing? We brought Gamboa Nestor, back, right? Nestor Cortez, Gamboa. Josh is going to bring out guys. of retirement Tim Wakefield. Uh, and Josh will have his ideal starting rotation. You guys don't understand. If you can't beat them at being better than them, you got to get tricky. You got, you got, you got to, you got to trick them in other ways. Maybe a little hidden yeah. ball trick. Yeah. Uh, any Oriole anything? starter out of, out of any of those starters who don't make the opening day roster, they should go immediately to being a knuckleballer. Because if you can't make a starting rotation on this squad right now, you should give up on your dreams and just try to be a knuckleball pitcher. Yeah, if Jim Palmer wants to try out, come on down to Sarasota, Jim Palmer. Anyone who can throw the ball, <laughs> I'm, I'm welcome. I'm welcome to seeing what you can do. Uh, whatever it takes. Yeah, so R.A. Dickey is 43. Okay. Uh, and he hasn't officially retired yet. He hasn't filed the paperwork yet. He's still okay. available. He is on Twitter. Let me see if he's put looking for a job. Uh, he hasn't posted since last May. What do you think? He's posted his resume on Twitter? Well, no, but if I was a pitcher that wanted a team, I would be active on Twitter and getting the fan base behind me. Okay. I mean, I don't, all right. Last, uh, last I, time he tweeted was about a female uh, knuckleballer. 19-year-old Claire. Uh, I can't say her last name. So I think if we could bring that girl in, I'm good with that too. Is that the girl from the San Diego Padres? No, it, no it's not that. <laughs> How many times do you have to reference? Oh, uh, what is it, pitch? A show that 10 people saw, 10 people right. across America saw, yeah. and then it was canceled. And, and, and nine, was nine if you week. don't count Josh. <laughs> right, Bert, right, Bert and I were two of the 10. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've just been a little distracted by this uh, photo that was just posted on Manny Machado's Instagram. Which yes, one? Uh, which, the kissing in the hot tub? Yeah, what's up with his hair? And, and not only that, it's the hot tub in the back of a boat. Guys, there's no chance this guy's playing for the Orioles. <laughs> there's no chance. Guys, guys who take yachts with hot tubs in the back don't play for Baltimore. <laughs> guys with hair like that have you, don't play for the Orioles. Have you looked at his have you looked at his Instagram at all this offseason? Like that's all it is, is him with his shirt off and his wife. <laughs> and good, good for him. He's, he's living the high life. He's all yeah, about he's all family. about family until he gets that big fat paycheck next year from some other team. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where I don't. This is unfair, and in my head I do a, a judgment, and then I judge myself for being judgmental when I see that Instagram. 
But I yeah, just went yeah. from. Well, no, no, because I just went from Twitter where I saw Ch- Cedric Mullins, the minor league outfielder for the Orioles, Cedric Mullins, who like all he's showing on Twitter is like workout videos in the batting cage. Like he looks. He's small. hustling. Yeah, and then I see, and then I go to Instagram, and I see Manny Machado in the back of a boat hot tub. Uh, <laughs> smooching, <laughs> smooching with a girl in a bikini, and like I shouldn't judge at all because like that's not fair to Manny. I know he works hard. He, he's 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 worked really hard to get where he's at, so it's not fair. But in my head, I judge a little bit, and then I judge myself for judging just those that the dichotomy of those two different type pictures at this point in the in the off season. Right. Spe- speaking of players in shape, here is the here's the move last week that I couldn't believe Dan Duquette missed out on, the Texas Rangers who signed Bartolo Colon to a minor league deal with a major league invite for $1.75 million if he made the major league squad. That seems like a perfect Dan Duquette type move. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I, just, I wanted some, one of those kid reporters to ask Manny Machado about FanFest and say, sorry, kid, I was too busy swimming in a pool on the ocean. <laughs> when swimming isn't enough, swimming in the ocean isn't enough. You got to swim in a pool that is already in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it didn't come to FanFest you're saying? Yeah, yeah, he was busy smooching on the <laughs> in my yacht hot tub. Or my yacht tub as I like to call it. <laughs> in fairness, if I had a yacht tub, I probably would not come to Cold Baltimore for FanFest either. No way, I I'd would, definitely be I smooching would stay in, in my the yacht, yacht tub. tub. <laughs> yeah, I would be smooching in the yacht tub. I'm with you. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Which that's also, by the way, that's a uh, story we need to watch. Another story to watch the spring training outside the job competitions, which there are three. We just covered them. The other competition, not really competition, but the other thing to watch is Manny Machado's move to shortstop and Tim Beckham's move to third base. Yeah. Like what? And I'm I'm a little bit hoping because I'm sick like this. I'm kind of hoping there's some struggling going on on both ends between Manny and Tim. Just to see what happens if they struggle immediately out of the gate. Do you? I cannot believe that they're try, that they're rolling their dice with Tim Beckham at third base. Like, is this all just a ploy? And we're just we told Beckham, yeah, you'll be the third baseman, and really we're just waiting to uh, sign Mike Mustakis because uh, <laughs> this is crazy to have a guy Tim Beckham at third base makes no sense. Buck didn't trust him at shortstop, and now you're going to put him on the hot corner. Well, I, I mean, I think shortstop is a harder position to play than third base. But I, I don't know if his skill How, set How's his uh, arms? Yeah. Can he I, throw I mean, it? Can he? I mean, we're used to Manny playing unbelievable at third base. There's no way Tim Beckham is going to play good and we're going to be happy with him at third base. Yeah, yeah. But remember, we, we uh, endured a lot of bad third basemen, better meet the sheriff, like mm-hmm. we before Manny arrived, there was just a revolving <laughs> door of terrible third basemen. So we Chris have, Davis. I think, a capacity for uh, scope was terrible over there. We we have a capacity for watching bad third base play. Yeah, but every time Buck says it, he says, "Oh well, I know we don't have the pitching to compete with the Yankees, but we've got the defense. I got guys that can protect. I uh, we value defense in Baltimore, and you're putting Tim Beckham at third base. Yeah, but it's the same manager who put." Mark Reynolds at third base. There's no chance Tim Beckham's going to be worse than Mark Reynolds was. Yeah. And and I think Manny Machado is going to be fantastic at short. I think he's going to make up for kind of the short. Well, yeah, no Beckham one's questioning that. Because he's going to be amazing. Yeah. 
right. least till July thirty first. Right for the Orioles or for the Yankees. Well, both. <laughs> well, let's just say he looks amazing right now in his yacht tub. And he's going to look even more amazing at shortstop. Do you think Manny Machado has touched a baseball since September? Yes. It, yes, I think he was in the yacht tub and someone threw him the ball, and he caught the ball <laughs> right. in the yacht tub and threw it back. Plus or minus twenty minutes in the batting cage since September. I mean, no, doesn't he I'm, doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not questioning the man's work ethic, and Instagram is to post cool shots anyway. So you can question him, Josh, because you always question him just because he didn't he didn't button his jersey how you liked him. I'm to just saying, his jersey. <laughs> you always question. Him, if you Josh. don't button your but jersey question, all the way, it shows. I don't your question lazy. the superstar's work ethic. If you don't have the energy to button your whole shirt, how are you going to work out in the off season? Well, he can save his energy to focus on working out because he don't have to waste his energy buttoning his shirt up. <laughs> Makes just, sense. Yeah, Makes stupid sense. argument. All right, we got some. <laughs> He's like, yours was a really well-founded argument, Josh. Get out of here. Mine was a stupid argument in response to your dumb argument. I'm pulling up Manny's Instagram now. I see zero pictures of him anywhere near a baseball. Josh, does Oh, does hold every... on. He did post one when he had the uh, Mr. Miami uniform. Josh, you're so stupid. You want to play this game? Find me Adam Jones' pictures of him with a baseball. Find Jonathan Scope pictures with him with a baseball. Find any pictures of Jonathan Scope, actually. Find, find, find any of this stuff. Only minor leaguers who are in single A post pictures of them in the gym working out to get ready for baseball season. Or even have to go to the gym and get ready for baseball season. You're, you're talking about guys who are already under contract, already going to start on opening day, already going to play every single game. They don't have to touch a baseball if they don't want to. Here's, here's Manny Machado working out. Or, I mean, Jonathan Scope. All right, Josh, cool. You got a video of five guys with their shirts off. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> mm. And why I could really go for some five guys. Some right more now. scope. <laughs> yeah. um, the, I don't know. I just pulled up scopes. All uh, right. I, I guarantee you they're all working out, except for the only guy's not working out is maybe um, um, who is that? The, 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 the panda who got cut from Boston. Maybe he's not. Sandoval. Sandoval? Yeah, Pablo Sandoval. I, I, who do you think was driving the boat? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not, this is the dumbest conversation we've ever had in our lives about Guys, the workout routine. It's been a really long off season, oh. and the Orioles have done nothing. We we started this discussion after the Orioles' last game of we have two starting pitchers next week, next year. Who's going to pitch for the Orioles? We've been through this every week yeah. since September. All right. Well, I want to get to some. Uh, Hey, just real quick, who do you think is the favorite? Uh, uh, you think Austin Hayes is the favorite to start in right field? The right other now, guys, yes. Other guys that are on there is Joey Rickard, Anthony Santander. And Gentry. Uh, no. Gentry. And that other guy, Jacob Brugham or something. He's a lefty. I'd rather so. give Hayes a chance. We've seen what those guys can do. Or Mark Trumbo could start, I guess, out there too. Ugh. No, I think, we know what he can do. I think Suck the, all the fun out of the room. And I also wonder if a guy like Cedric Mullins could sneak up. Yeah, I I, I should have pulled this up uh, on Fangraphs. Had really high D, DJ Stewart as a really as one of the world's highest uh, uh, prospects. Yeah, um, that's two guys to watch this year in the minors: Cedric Mullins and DJ Stewart. Two. One of these guys could I think could make the move to the majors this year. Good, two friends of the show. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to some strawberry or coconut. 
my iPad's not working. It's just frozen. Not, you weren't ready for that transition. Strawberry, strawberry, a strawberry. strawberry or a coconut. Are you a coconut or a strawberry? All right, I got a story and Josh has a story. Josh, you, do you want to go first or want me to go first? Uh, sure, I can go first. Okay. Uh, let me just pull it up. So mine's, I've got a quote to start mine. And this is from the, this is about, this story is a, a 26-year-old guy and a 24-year-old girl. So they fall right in line with our demographics for this strawberry or coconut segment. Okay. And the quote from her is, how can we live our lives when working most of the day and you have to pay for so much stuff just to live. So typical lines right up with a strawberry thinking, complaining that they've got to work in order to live their life. Live? Yeah. <laughs> so here's what's called making a living, right? Right. So this boyfriend and girlfriend out in uh, Colorado, they decide that that work is too much for them. So they, they quit their jobs. They sell their house. They, of course, they've got a dog. So they take their dog with them and they buy a sailboat. And they say, instead of living in this expensive America, we're going to hop on this boat and we're just going to sail around the world. Uh, clearly, they're professional sailors, which obviously they're not. They've never been on a sailboat before. They got. How about fish? They got food, fish for their food and stuff? Uh, they spent about, a, I think they spent a week or two living at, like, on the boat at the dock so they'd get comfortable on the boat. And then they decide to take it out. They got a few little lessons on how to sail the boat. How far do you think they make it? No Not lessons. Very. <laughs> Some uh, millennials out on a boat. They I, make, I give them a week. They, they make it two days. The very next day, they uh, they run their boat into something, and what uh, it's called a keel, that bottom part that keeps your sailboat le- level. Yes. If you've ever driven like the little sunfish sailboats, you can rip the thing right out, and then you fall over. They bust that on something, sink the boat two days in, and now their Coast Guard has to come and rescue them. Coast Guard's now going to bill them $10,000 because they've got to pull the boat out of the water. And now the girl's complaining of, I had everything the other day, and now I'm stuck in a hotel. <laughs> so are they a strawberry or a coconut? They're acting like strawberries, like but strawberries, is it, but is it a coconut move to quit your job and to go and just say, hey, I'm going to go out and have an experience on the water? Yeah, I think there's a little bit that reminds me of one of my heroes, Henry David Thoreau, who just got fed up with society and says, screw it. I'm going to live out in the woods for the next three years of my life and just yeah. kind of screw society. I think sometimes it's very American and very coconutish to say, like, what am I doing here? Let's just screw it and let me kind of go and live my life and enjoy it and do something different. And I so that. I think that's kind of coconutish of them. It's almost coconut. But a coconut but would be prepared. A coconut doesn't fail two days in. As soon as that boat sinks, they're a strawberry that thought they were a coconut. There, there's definitely more of a coconut vibe from living in the woods, off the grid, away from other people. I would do that in a second and consider myself a coconut. But yeah, yeah or a unibomber. There's part of the the sailing part and the islands in the Caribbean because guess what? That's where you find the coconuts. Hanging right on the trees, right there. Good uh, point. Good see, point. See, the sailing part is the is the uh, strawberry side of you know what? We're gonna get a boat. We're gonna live like Manny Machado. We're just gonna float <laughs> around and and uh, oh, post was there pictures a hot tub of, in their uh, sailboat? I don't Yacht know. Tub. There was water in their sailboat. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it, it 
the the strawberry aspect of it is just not going in planned. If you're not an experienced sailor, you shouldn't sell all your possessions and buy a sailboat and expect to live on it and be able to take care of yourself. But it's the same thing as if you uh, if you have no experience living in the woods and farming and making your own food. What do you expect going to happen? You probably burn your house down the first time you try to build a fire. Right. True. True. So. Yeah, you gotta. I think it's a coconut move. You admire the uh, the gumption, <laughs> the spirit behind it. Yeah. Yes, but you gotta have the skills, and coconuts yeah. got skills. Yeah, that, that's strawberries true. That's don't true. got no skills. Yeah, coconuts <laughs> are survivors. That's Though, right. in fairness, these people are survivors, and now I think they're surviving in their mother's basement. But they're <laughs> probably survivors. she says that they are saving up to buy another boat and do it again. Right. Take two. That's, that's so, coconutish, though. That's the, coconutish. Oh yeah, to, the, to not give up the, on the dream. The not give up is a coconut move. Yeah, but the strawberry angles tell me that look for this time in about two, three years, as we have another story of a, of a strawberry that sunk their boat in four days. Yeah. Well, we we wish them the best, and that'll be double the time the first boat sunk. So I think that would be a so what is victory. this? A strawberry or a coconut? Or do we need the listeners to let us know this week? Yeah, I'm not. Is I'm it a conflicted toss-up? on this one. That's a, for me. I'm conflicted. I don't know if it's a strawberry coconut. All right. <clears throat> um, I got a couple of clear strawberry stories though. I've been meaning to tell this story for like two weeks, maybe three weeks. But uh, you know that ever since that one guy came on, it, he's thrown me off my game big time. What was that guy? One Drew, Drew Forrester. Drew Forrester. He's thrown me off my game big time. I've been trying to sell this story since he was on. But the, when he talked all over my uh, snowflake of the week, uh, he just ruined it for me, and I haven't been able to get back into it. But but here's is Drew, the story. Wait, hold up. Is Drew is Drew going to be on Glenn Clark's curling team? I haven't I haven't heard. I haven't heard. <laughs> I'm, uh, hopefully not, because that's going to mess up Matt. That's going to mess Matt's yeah. game up. Yeah, he's already playing mind games. If he's on, my my mind game's off. I'm off. I'm I'm off right. already. Just thinking about it. Bring us this, so anyway, bring us a snowflake. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys paying attention to these emotional support animals on planes? Yeah, I've seen them in at Walt Disney World. Okay, well, uh, a couple weeks ago, a lady brought a peacock. That's right, boys and girls, a peacock as her emotional support animal. Okay. These, these peacocks, two things: they're beautiful creatures. Sure. Only the they're females, all, or, and they're or they're, is it the males that are the beautiful ones? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and they're really big, aren't they? Like, don't they huge. go out like four, yeah. five feet? And even, even when, when they don't spread their wings, they're yeah. huge animals. Right, and not only that, they're like big turkeys. They're, they're very aggressive. Like people have them as like guard animals, right? In and, farm for farms, very aggressive. Okay, and, right. And isn't part of their attack is the feathers? So if they're yeah. like around other people, they're gonna whip out those feathers and go six feet wide. And maybe at the Duval Jurassic Park, when that little animal spread his wings and shot that poison liquid, <laughs> that I don't know if they spray. do that. I, yeah, that spray yeah. on a Newman. Yeah, I don't know if they do all that, but <laughs> that's that's not a uh, that's not a peacock. Okay. Um, They're annoying. So, they make an annoying noise, though. I know that. Yeah, yeah, to scare people off. Though, the thing that makes this story terrible is people who bring peacocks ruin it for all of us. So, <laughs> after this happened, the airline released a statement, and the statement said this that this airline will no longer allow certain kinds of animals, including snakes, goats, what? Reptiles, amphibians, beasts with horns, and anything that emits an odor. Bert, that eliminates you. It does. Crap. You emit an odor. Literally, right. crap. And so, that, that was a couple weeks ago. 
that's, that's a peacock. That's, that's not a, That's not at all annoying. I'm pretty sure that's the same noise from Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> I have 10th grade students who make a similar noise, and it really bothers me. Um, okay, here's this happened last week, though. So another emotional uh, support animal. Oh, did you guys see the story? But a college girl, millennial, brought a hamster as an emotional support animal. Did you see this? Yeah, but here's no. Have you this emotional support animal stuff is crap. It's people who want to get away and break the rules with their weird animal, so they claim right. that it's an emotional support animal. But here's the story. So not wanting Pebbles, which is the name of the hamster, of course, not wanting Pebbles to freeze to death outside because she got to the airline and the airline says you can't bring that hamster onto the plane. Why not? People bring dogs on, right? Can't I well, take my said- dog on even if it's not emotionally support? If you put them in a crate. And put him I underneath. I think so. The, I think they, I can just take the. I don't have a dog, but I think I can just take my dog right on the, my lap. I don't know if any that's true, but anyway, uh, the air, the airline said no, and so the college girl not. And this is the article I'm reading. Quote from the article: Not wanting pebbles to freeze to death outside, and unable to find someone else to care for it or to drive all the way to Florida, she says the college girl she flushed the hamster down the loo before spending ten minutes crying. In the toilet cubicle. I did a little more research and found out a loo is another word for a toilet. Yeah. But anyway. But wait, why is that how she had to get rid of him? She flushed him down the toilet. Back in my day. Now, that's that's sad for the hamster because she didn't want the freeze to death or throw it outside. That's sad for the hamster. Can I just say this? So she drowned it. Yeah. Emotional disturbance. Uh, Back in my day. uh, And it's still like for me, going on an airline, going on a plane, giving me some sort of anxiety. I fully get the anxiety. I fully get needing comfort. Back in my day, if I was a young college boy, even now as a grown man, alcohol is the appropriate appropriate way to deal with emotional issues by drinking alcohol. <laughs> now people have all these these pets and animals to help them with their no, just drink some alcohol and and go on about your day. Emotional disturbance animals on planes. Give me a break. It's uh, yeah, I can't understand it. It's just where we're yeah. at. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Where we're at. But but kids use alcohol, if, not animals. But if that's an emotional animal, she can't be that attached if she if she dumped it down the the toilet. If if, well, she, if no, she if, cried ten she cried ten minutes before she did it. Though, Josh, she cried ten minutes before she did it. Yeah, you know what? If I took an animal that I was close to, or even a family dog that I wasn't close to the to the airport and they said I couldn't bring it on on the plane you know what I would do what? it won't fit down the toilet I'll take it home and I'll go home and I'll <laughs> rearrange my flight like a normal person now you know what I would do I and I think there was Wait, an emergency where she had to get on the plane like a was it, emergency was it in the ball what no I always carried my ball with me whenever I had a hamster I would always <laughs> right. have the ball ready because I would just put it in my pants or put it in my pocket. I had a hamster. I took it around in college. I had a pet hamster called Reaper Cheap. And I would put him in my pocket and take him everywhere I went. And you could easily just put him in your pocket or down your pants. And you could smuggle a hamster on an airline like it's nothing. I uh, I just just found this article, Matt, that you were referring to with the hamster flusher. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hamster it's, flusher. Got, it's got the girl's picture on here. Okay. Uh, she looks like a normal blonde-haired college girl. Yeah. Her name is Bellin Aldecose. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But here's here's what I went ahead and did. It. I ran a search for her on Facebook. I couldn't find her, 
but somebody with a similar name is getting killed with comments. <laughs> Calling her a hamster killer, and there's pictures of, like, hamsters with machine guns saying we're coming for you. That's, that's Just because this, this person has a similar name on Facebook. It's like, I hope something terrible, somebody named Bart Rohde doesn't ever do something terrible because they'll start attacking me on social media. I didn't do it. That's like poor Jerry Sandusky from a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, when I say poor Jerry Sandusky, I'm referring to the Baltimore sports personality, not the uh, Penn State right. pervert. So well, I saw even this last week, someone uh, tweeted at Brian Billick saying, like, why didn't you start? Who was that quarterback that Belichick benched? Um, whatever. But he said, right. how come you didn't start that guy? But asked it to, to Billick. And Billick's like, I'm not Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. Funny. Good stuff. People Good on the stuff. internet are idiots, including yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> we're one of them. We're we're part of I the know. idiocy. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that that was a good strawberry coconut segment. I like that. That was good. Well, well timed. Yeah, it's good getting this stuff off my chest. The world we live in today. The world we live in. So we'll be back next Monday, Facebook Live, and then we got uh, curling. Next weekend. Yeah. And I'm telling you, by the time we talk next week, the Orioles are going to sign a certain pitcher. You've heard it here first. We, I feel like we've said that every week. <laughs> I've never I've never said that before. Well, I'm sorry, every, week we say, every week we say there's not going to be a new signing this week, but still tune in next week. Yeah. Yeah, there's right. there's got to be this week. Got to. I'm not going to say they're going to be any good, right. but we're, we're going to sign something. And it might not be for the Orioles. No, the Orioles will sign something. Well, you're, if you're right, it could be for Norfolk. Guys, we didn't even get to Ryan Flaherty signed with the Phillies. Oh, my God. Twitter blew up, and no one understands yeah. why people care. I don't care. I don't care. And then I heard Rich Dubrow on Stand the Fan Show talking about how people didn't appreciate Ryan Flaherty. I almost drove the car off the road. People didn't People didn't appreciate Ryan Flaherty enough. Did, right. Oh, my God. He okay. is the most overrated Oriole to ever wear a uniform in the history of Orioles baseball, Ryan Flaherty is. Dan Connolly wrote a nice article about how Ryan Flaherty is the example of how hard it is in the majors because it's, Flaherty was great at every other level of baseball. But come on, he's a lifetime 215 major leaguer. He, well, we appreciate him overly. This is what drove me crazy for Ryan Flaherty. I don't even to this day know if he's good or not because he never got the chance to play every day. Like, never. Right. And so all I wanted them to do was let him go to AAA for a season to see if this kid's good or not. Yeah. So I, I hope the Phillies let him play every day and just see, what, see if he's good or not. I want to know. I'm curious. Is he good? Uh, Baltimore will will blow up <laughs> if Ryan Flaherty like, makes the Phillies squad and becomes an everyday infielder. Oh, uh, yeah. And so hold your breath. breath. Or pitcher. At least Hyunsoo uh, Kim is gone. Because if Hyunsoo Kim and Ryan Flaherty were both on the same team and both were good, they would have yeah. been good. There's rumors the Phillies want Tillman as well. That uh, Andrew McPhail is going to take all our guys. Yep. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to iTunes if you have it. And write us a good old five-star review. Give us a five-star review. And then write us a review. So get, click that's, the five stars. And that's how it works. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, remind people, go on over to Chesapeake Curling Club on Facebook and tell them that you heard about them on Section 336. Yes, the Chesapeake Curling Club, located in Eastern Maryland. Eastern Shore, represents. 
Represent. You can, follow, you can follow the show on Instagram at Section Three Three Show on Twitter at Section Three Three Six Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section Three Three Six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Rucka. And you can follow Bird on Twitter at Bird Brody. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.